We got a lot to share with you today on the Clark Howard Show, and I'm so glad you've taken time out of your day to join us for some empowerment so you can keep more of what you make. You can follow me, facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Coming up in today's Clark Rage, if you go through airport security, you have some new hassles to be prepared for. I'm going to bring you up to date on what to expect. And later, there's a price war underway in investing, and the biggest player out there has cut prices again. I'm going to let you know how this affects your wallet. And right now, I want to talk about a price war going on at the pharmacy with both over-the-counter drugs and with prescription meds. You know, is more and more people take a variety of, Uh, prescription and non-prescription meds, it becomes a more meaningful part of your budget. And people now face when you are taking what's known as a maintenance medication, an increasing number of those that have gone from being on prescription to being over-the-counter. And then those are not covered by your prescription plan at all that you might have. You're on your own on those over-the-counters. The difference in price from one place to another on those is gigantic. I mean, you already knew that about prescription drugs, that there could be enormous price differences. Or if you didn't, let me tell you there are. In fact, let me tell you how dramatic it is. There was a study I read about recently that GoodRx did that found that there were great differences in prescription drugs, not just from store to store, but even city to city, where the same medicine based on local competitive conditions could be very differently priced from one community to another. The greatest determinant they found with what people charged for prescription drugs was based on how close a prescription seller was to Costco primarily and Walmart secondarily that both put a big emphasis on selling low-cost prescriptions. But I digress because really I want to address the -the over-the-counter that with the non-prescription medicines, the differences from place to place to fill those because basically you're filling a non-prescription and over-the-counter that you can buy online or buy in a store the price differences are so large that you can pay as much as 40 times more for an over-the-counter medicine at one store that's the most expensive to the store that's the cheapest and a lot of times you'll feel if you just go in and you buy the store brand over the counter that you're getting a good price, but not necessarily. I mean, without even breaking a sweat, you can cut the cost of over-the-counters by 80% just by shopping those around. You can shop online or you can shop at different stores for the -the over-the-counter. There's a medicine that I take that used to be uh, sold under the prescription name Veramist, and now it's sold as an over-the-counter. The irony is that buying it over-the-counter 
because I did have a, I do have a prescription plan. It's more expensive buying it now than it was before. And then what I noticed very quickly was what I'm sharing with you right now, these major differences in the cost for the now over-the-counter version of Veramist versus when it was a prescription, that the price differences are so large for a maintenance med that you owe it to your wallet to shop for these. And you don't have the simple tool like what GoodRx does for prescription drugs. So it's going to require a little more work on your part. But try Costco for over-the-counter. Try Amazon.com for over-the-counter. Amazon even has their own private label brand name for over-the-counters now. And try any place you can. Walmart has a Quate brand. And see what you can get those for instead of just walking in somewhere that's convenient and paying what they're going to charge you. Louise is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Louise. Hi, how are you, Clark? Great, thank you, Louise. How can I be of service to you? Well, I have a student in college. That should be a tip right away. And he has uh, five parent-plus loans for his four years in college. And I'm trying to do a refinance of my mortgage. And everywhere I go, they look at my various items, but then they see these student loans, which add up to over $200,000. So they they say they have no interest in issuing you a mortgage because your your ratios are out of line. Right, right. Right. So what do I do? Because he's deferred uh, on those loans until 2024. So I'm not paying on them right now. Wow, what kind of professional professional degree is he getting? He's getting a bachelor's in digital culture which is everything digital. And, and then he has, he's going to go get a master's. And you said it's over 200000 in student loans already? Yes. <sighs> he went to a very expensive out-of-state school. Which, yeah, yeah. So, so what do I do to refinance the mortgage? Well, you're not going to like anything I have to say, so I'll just say it, Okay. Okay. When you've got those kind of student loan obligations, I mean, you're completely on the hook for those. They're looked at as part of your obligations. The fact that they're right now deferred doesn't change the fact that they are your obligation. And so lenders are terrified with that obligation you have sitting there that you're going to reach a point that you're not able to stay current on your mortgage. Mm-hmm. So you are not going to be able with a traditional lender to get a refi done. You will have to go to a private lender, an investor mortgage, which may not, you said you're in a loan already, this would just be a refi? Yes. What is your current mortgage interest rate with the loan you've got? Uh, it's about 5.1. Okay, so 
you're stuck with that 5.1, which is not an awful rate to be stuck with. But with those outstanding Parent PLUS loans, you're just not going to qualify for underwriting normally for a, a conventional loan because they're just, I mean, they what they do is they don't just look at your credit score. Even if you had a credit score over 800, that's not going to be enough for a mortgage underwriter to green light you being put through a refinance because of the fact that you've got this amount of obligations. Okay. So the 5-1 is where things are going to stay. Didn't I yeah, tell you well, didn't no. I tell you up front you weren't going to like anything I had to say? <laughs> but you were right. You were right. So I and the, the mortgage I have now is an adjustable rate too. Oh, you didn't and say that. Seems, oh, no. Yeah. When is your ARM period up? Uh, it just went up July 1st. And so every year it can go up up to two points to a, a total of six yes. points above your original? Yes. And what was the original base that your loan was set at? Oh, boy, I don't remember all that. Uh, you mean what percentage? Yeah, what's the most it can go up to over the years? Uh, they set up to 10 <sighs> over the years. So, uh, you know, interest rates could go up a lot from here. I don't see that happening in the foreseeable future. And so for now, you're just going to have to deal with the annual adjustments because the alternative is... You don't have any other way to wipe out those student loans, right? You're stuck with them. Yeah, until he gets a job and starts and takes uh, responsibility for them and starts paying them back. Which legally he doesn't have to do because they're parent plus. So you're dependent on him doing it because it's the right thing to do, not because he legally will have to. Right. So you're going to have to live within the confines of of the adjustable rate and i wish i had a magic wand i could wave but on this one i'm afraid to say i don't martha is with us on the clark howard show hello martha how are you today great thank you martha how can i be of service to you well i am researching actually i just installed a free antivirus program on my computer that was recommended on your website and when I run the scans, it will say, I found an issue. But to resolve that issue, there's a charge. So how is that free? <laughs> that is great. So are you using AVG or a, a, a VAST? A VAST. Okay. And are you using it on a Windows computer or on a um, Microsoft Windows. Uh, Windows computer? All right. So the, what you can do first... Because what Avast and AVG do is they both offer a free level of antivirus, and then they offer a much more in-depth one. Right. And so if your computer's gotten any really nasty stuff on it, in order to clear it, you might need more advanced stuff. But Microsoft offers with Windows, are you running Windows 10? Yes. 
with Windows 10, you can run their security and they may clear out for free what okay. it is that Avast wants you to pay for to clear up whatever it has found. Well, then it's not free. That is, well, it, it's true to a point because what they do is the free version is really for viruses and malware. Uh-huh. But there's other things that crooks are up to these days that it that it will help you potentially with the greatest risk, I would say, that's not covered by the free version is mm-hmm. if someone has put a ransomware virus on your computer. Right. But I think if you do the Microsoft protocol with their free security update, I think that that may eliminate the need for you to buy something to deal with whatever hassle or problem is there. Is that Microsoft Essentials? Um, I'm trying to remember. We have a link to it on our free and cheap page where you found the Avast. Okay, I'll look there. Okay. Are any of the um, softwares, antivirus softwares that you purchase any better than any other, like Norton over McAfee? Yeah, there's such disagreement among security professionals that Mm -hmm. I can't tell you that absolutely you should be using Norton or absolutely you should be using AVG or Avast Mm -hmm. or whatever, that there's, there's pluses and minuses with all of them. And mm-hmm. yes, and it is Microsoft Security Essentials. Okay. Well, thank you for your time today. All right. Best to you, and I understand your frustration. That's always the issue with freemium software mm-hmm. products where they're free to download is that they might not be always free to use depending on the individual situation. As somebody who travels nearly every week, I have experienced the ever-changing way airport security is done. Today's Clark Rage is about the latest, and that is your snack crackers, your Cheetos, your Twinkies, your health food snacks are all now under the microscope. I got to tell you something funny. I had an experience just two weeks ago where my cough drops I you know I fly with cough drops because you know the dry cabin air I'll start yeah <clears throat> and so I'll have cough drops with me well those were looked at with suspicion and they did a explosives test on my cough drops I mean I knew that cough drops were powerful I knew that from the tv ads but I didn't know they were that powerful on the snacks if you are uh, in the pre-check or global entry program, your snacks are likely generally to be okay. But if you are going through regular security, you are more likely than not to have to pull whatever food or snacks you have in your carry-on out and put it in a tray just like you have to do with your liquids. So what I want to recommend to you, regardless of what security line you go through, is that you have something like a gallon um, uh, food bag, what do you call those things, The like the sandwich bags but the bigger size, that you put your stuff that's food in one of those 
so that just like your liquids where you have to pull them out and put them in the tray, that you are prepared to do that with your snacks. It's really come to that. And the other change of late is any powder that you have of any kind is now facing strict limits when you're coming back to the United States from overseas. Apparently there's an intelligence uh, finding that there is a security threat to powder, and that's why there is now a strict limit on it. So just be prepared. As soon as you think you figured out how to get through security, the rules change again. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. And you can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Vanguard, which is the second largest financial house in the world, is a company that is a co-op. It's owned by their account holders. But there are people who have not been happy about how Vanguard only offers Vanguard funds. But now Vanguard has made the biggest change they have made just about in their history. Vanguard now is offering many funds from its competitors free of any commission for buying and selling them. This is a major change and gives somebody the ability, if they want to diversify their portfolio in ways that Vanguard doesn't itself do, you now have that option with Vanguard. This is a surprising change because as a co-op, Vanguard runs everything strictly for the benefit of the members of the organization, like a credit union would for people who have their banking with a credit union versus a bank that's trying to produce profits for stockholders. Vanguard, if they bring in too much money, they just reduce costs to its members, to its customers. But there are people who love Vanguard, love being with them, but still have to have money elsewhere because they want to do some things that Vanguard doesn't do within their own four walls. And so Vanguard's now offering that opportunity. So they are going to offer you the ability to trade what many people refer to as modern mutual funds, ETFs, exchange-traded funds, from a bunch of competitors without paying fees. You pay them management fee that fund charges to manage your money for you, but you pay no commissions in or out. The number of funds included, or I think somewhere it's close to 2,000 fund choices. So whatever obscure portfolio you want to build, whatever investment you want to build, you will have access to it, whether it's Vanguard or many other organizations as well. And this gives you true freedom in the marketplace. You know, this is an unprecedented time in investing because the cost of investing for people who want uh, to do self-service or want limited service is by far the lowest it's ever been. At the same time, there are still a huge number of people 
that are paying big money in commissions or in ongoing expenses for someone to handle your money for you. And so the gap is the widest ever in really the history of investing in the United States. So the choice is yours how you want to play the investing game. And a lot of things with investing are not as complicated or intimidating as many people feel. And you can go to a lower cost provider. Even if you need somebody to tell you what to do with your money, that is available now from the big three low cost players, Fidelity, Schwab, and Vanguard, at extremely low cost, generally costing you uh, from a third to a sixth of what you might now be paying somebody to give you advice on your money and tell you what to invest in. Ultimately, the greatest role of a true financial planner is not to say you should have money in this fund, that fund, or the other fund. The real value of somebody who does financial planning with you is they're doing your overall picture. What are the goals you're trying to meet? How are you going to reach those goals? How long is it going to take? What do you have to save to get to those goals? Do you have a will that's up to date? All the things that are involved in an overall picture of your life rather than just, oh, I'm going to put you in this fund or that fund or the other fund. Eugene is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Eugene. Hello, Clark. Great to talk to you. Well, great to have you here. And you have been using one of those organizations that helps you manage your money, and there's an oops with them. Tell me about that. That's right. So I've been using a uh, online service for several years now and for, with reasonably good results, uh, better than I would do on my own, I think. And um, But I found that at the end of this month, they are shutting down uh, operations and they didn't, you know, it hasn't been sold or moved and passed off to another service. So I wanted to get some advice from you as where you could find a kind of a cost effective robo type advisor to help me with my retirement fund. All right. So the shutdown is Smart 401k. And... Do you know, I don't ever remember having them come up at any time on our show. Um, their, their more successful rivals are Betterment and Wealthfront that are the big robo-advisory organizations. And are you doing, uh, you're doing 401k with them? That's right. All right, so how many, are you a solo 401k, or do you have a group of employees? Uh, solo. It's, it's, it's through my employer, so they're giving me advice on the uh, oh, how to manage. Oh, okay, all right. So, so this is an advisory for you how to do your 401k, which is why it's That's never right. come up here. So this is different than Betterment or Wealthfront, where you're actually doing, doing it with them instead of this is being an advisory, a robo-advisory. So your employer is meeting the requirement of providing advice to people through a third party. Well, I, I found the third party on my own. So oh, you did? I have, 
I have a I have a plan through my employer uh, for the 401k, and they give some advice. But I went out on my own uh, and through a through a different channel and found and found this 401 advisor. Well, there is another I can tell you about mm-hmm. that is out there. I don't know how successful they are, and all the rest is called Bloom. Okay. B l o o o m dot com. And okay. they do a free analysis of what you're up to. But if you want them to do stuff for you going forward, it's 120 bucks a year. Okay. What have you been paying for the robo-advisory you've been using? The one that I've been using was about 200 a year. Oh, well, <laughs> so maybe this will save you 80 bucks a year. There you go. So the alternative, if you wanted to just put things on automatic pilot... Does your employer's 401k plan offer you a target retirement fund option series? Yes, they do. And you're uncomfortable with doing the target retirement? Uh, I'm not necessarily uncomfortable. I just thought it might be better to uh, be a little more strategic directly through it and pick my own funds. Yeah. So here's what I'd like you to do. Go to the target retirement fund choice that your employer offers that would fit the year closest to your target date to retire and you can see what they're allocating money to how they're diversifying compare it to how the the robo advisory folks were recommending and how you were allocating and if they parallel pretty closely i would just go straight in the target retirement fund and use it if you find that the strategies employed are quite different, then go check out Bloom and see if that would work as an alternative for you. Okay, thank you. All right, well, best to you, and thanks for bringing us a company we'd never heard of, unfortunately. <laughs> I guess not a lot of other people had heard of it as well. Lynn is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Lynn. Hello, Clark. How are you, Lynn? I'm doing well, thank you. Lynn, how may I serve you today? Well, um, my husband and I were thinking about doing some updates to our home, and he's 68 and retired. I'm 66. Uh, We do still have a little part-time job. But we'd received in the mail uh, something called an HECM, a Home Equity Conversion Mortgage. That's a reverse mortgage. Oh, okay. Well, I... I wasn't sure if that's what it was. We don't have a first mortgage. We do have a home equity. So I wasn't sure if that was something at our age that we would want to consider. So it sounded from the brochure a little too good to be true. Well, that's because it is too good to be true. I mean, there are situations where doing a reverse mortgage makes sense. An example would be if you don't have any uh, kids that you would like to inherit money from you, you don't care, you know, that's not a priority, let's say, in your life. Um, you're out of funds elsewhere, and you really don't have uh, money to draw on. Reverse mortgages are a good last option if you're oh, okay. out of other ways to do things because the fees on them are so high. Oh, okay. I, I just wasn't sure. It really was called that. I'd heard of reverse mortgages, but this didn't sound like that. Yeah, it is okay. a reverse. It's just another term. It's a technical term for a reverse mortgage used 
by more and more players in the industry because reverse mortgages have kind of gotten a, a black eye in the marketplace. And so people, it's kind of a uh, troubled term now. So solicitors are using alternative terms like home equity conversion and things like that that are recognized internal industry terms, but they're using them as a way of marketing all over again the concept of a reverse mortgage. Oh, okay. That sounds a little sneaky. <laughs> it is It is sneaky to pitch it that way. So question for you, you're working part-time. You're going to do some improvements. How much are those improvements going to cost to your home? Um, we were estimating probably somewhere around between six and $8,000. Oh, for that amount of money, definitely don't go through the process of doing a reverse mortgage. Oh, okay. I mean, you've already got that home equity line of credit. You already paid to set that up. It carries a relatively low interest rate. And so I would be more comfortable doing that six to $8,000 of repairs with the home equity line you already have. Well, I think that's finally what, after some research that we sort of came to that conclusion. So <laughs> I think we will probably go that way. Well, great. And I'm glad you double-checked with me. And thanks for bringing to my attention that this is a new way that reverse mortgages are being pitched to make them sound like they're not reverse mortgages, <laughs> which is all they're really pitching yet again. And there are people that a reverse mortgage can work out for, but it's a very rare situation that they do make sense. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Steve is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Steve. Hey, Clark. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, Steve. How can I be of service to you? Oh, I was recently delayed in the airport. Um, I thought it was going to be for an hour, end up being seven hours. After the first, there was a ground stop where I was going. So after the first hour, I was getting restless. This is ridiculous. They kept delaying, delaying. And anyway, so I ended up getting into one of the lounges, and I'd never been in one before, and I'm kind of hooked on it. <laughs> so they said one time visit you can come in for what like 35 dollars or whatever yeah well they want 59 dollars i um and i said well, i cried for a little while and they finally did it for 29 and but i got a 50 dollar credit from the airline for the delay even though it was a ground stop they weren't supposed to so i came out okay well except you lost seven hours of your life with the delay true true but hey free food and free drinks i can hang out there for a while so now you're into the whole lounge thing yes and I looked at the, um, pl- the one of the major credit cards that has like a $550 fee, and I just can't eat that fee. Yeah, so with the lounges, 
you with many of the lounge programs you can join a lounge program direct not through one of the credit cards that throws it in as a gimme so the two cards that are the best known for having access to these lounges around the world are the american express platinum card and Mm -hmm. the uh chase sapphire reserve i think is the name of the card that both have these massive annual fees but there's an organization called priority pass which you can join and Priority Pass offers a number of different programs from time to time. You just keep watching. If you inquire, they'll start uh, sending you marketing mail, like spam mail, regularly and see what they've got available that might be worth you doing. And then is that annual membership or you pay per time? So with Priority Pass, there are like three different levels. There's one like you did where you just go in. There's mm-hmm. another where you pay a lower annual fee and then you pay a lower fee each time you go in or where you pay a higher fee and then every time you go in, it's free. I see. If it's if you do the higher one when it's free, can you typically bring out a wife and two kids? My kids like nine and 14. Can they go in or are there additional fees? Well, it depends on how you get a Priority Pass membership. If you get it from one of the credit cards, often you can bring in additional people free. And I just pulled up the three levels of membership. So the first one, 100 bucks, all it does is give you the right to go in for 27 bucks. Your guest is 27 bucks. That's not terrible. Then at 250, you get 10 free visits a year. Your guest is still 27. And then at mm-hmm. four hundred, you're free all year long. Your guest is still twenty seven. And is that any of the lounges like the there's major a ones? Huge, out of there's a if you go look at Priority Pass, uh-huh. you can see the lounges around the United States and around the world, and it's a huge number of lounges. Okay. Okay. So, so that it's sounds awesome. it's cheaper. You know, if you if you do the ten time a year thing, mm-hmm. a lot of people travel less than one time a month and they'll do that one yeah i only travel about six times a year six or eight times a year so so you'd probably be fine with that and there are specials from time to time as well so that's why you should inquire and then maybe they'll send you stuff that would be like a special that would be better for you great i'll jump on that hey clark you're my hero i've been listening to you forever um i try and do uh, as many cheap things as you can for example, I hadn't bought a napkin in probably 10 years. I always get them when I get the fast food places. <laughs> <laughs> I can go on and on, but anyway. That's kind of like recycling, back. I guess. <laughs> You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that I appreciate so much that you've just tuned into our podcast, that you had faith in the information and advice you get. You want more information from us? One of the best ways to get Clark Smart is with our free newsletters, Clark Daily, Clark Deals, and Travel Escape. Sign up now. You'll be able to unsubscribe at any time if you think I'm wasting your time. Go to clark.com newsletters.